Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Bird. John, I want to apologize that we have no new release film this week. Um, so it's okay. Um, no I take boys. it personally. Twenty twenty one. I will blame yeah. the coronavirus and uh, happily watch King Kong vs Godzilla next week. So no harm done. <sighs> we are doing something a little different. We're going to do a little bonus episode of those movie dudes because all three of us are here. It's not mainstream boys, so we have the addition of Nate here for this uh, bonus episode. Hi. We are. <laughs> we are going to do the best films of 2020. Uh, obviously, with the Mainstream Boy podcast, John and I have gotten to see a lot of films that were released in 2020. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot released to begin with. Their theaters being closed. A lot of movies just came out VOD or on streaming services, but we tried to keep up with them the best that we could. So I still got around to a good amount of films, and uh, I think so did John. And Nate definitely watched what he was able to watch, but... So with no theaters open this year, there wasn't as many. I don't think from yeah. uh, from Nate. If this the year. theaters were open, my my total of movies probably would have been doubled, maybe even tripled, For because sure. there was a lot of ones on my list that I would have preferred to see in the theater. One in particular, but um, I mean, this is by far the lowest amount of films that I've seen in a particular calendar year in a very yeah. long time so i mean i've been keeping track since i think 2011 or maybe even 10 i pr- it could have been 10 years since i've been keeping lists of wow. my favorite films from each year and uh this one definitely is the lowest but i still got 81 films so i'm still gonna count that as a win wow. that's more than uh, i've had on some other years dude that's because you just i'm usually always... <laughs> like one year <laughs> i did 156 like one year i did so many um but 81 I'll, I'll take it but uh for this episode we're gonna do our five favorite films of 2020 we're gonna give two honorable mentions and then we're gonna cap it off with our one stinker one film that just you know it shouldn't have been released this year but it did so i think that's what we're gonna do so why don't we kick it off with our honorable mentions yeah. nate what is your first yeah. honorable mention of 2020 so my first honorable mention of 2020 i have to give it to the last film that i saw in theaters it's the invisible man i saw it and i just i could really appreciate um where they went with it and like i've seen the original one all the way back from the 30s and this one it does a nice modern take and usually elizabeth moss she's hit or miss with me uh depending on what kind of role she's in but in this she's actually really good and it takes the idea of the invisible man and kind of turns it on his head turns it on its head um not at all like the original there's definitely some things that they added which was kind of cool and i kind of wish this would make up the monster verse that we were supposed to get but i think it 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 started it it started a new one kind of did a soft reboot it's like oh wait let's take the budgets to like 10 million and get like a competent director and story and make it small Mm -hmm. and impactful and now they're going to do the same with i think the next one is um uh, the wolfman with ryan gosling and same director of Invisible Man is doing that one as well. So, you know, could be cool. Yeah. Out of the two theater experiences I did have this year, that was definitely a very fun one because that was just such an unconventional plot um, with such an, an older story, given a modern twist. And I'm a huge Elizabeth Moss fan, especially from Handmaid's Tale. I think she's great. 
I was blown um, away by yeah. The Invisible Man. I loved how it was filmed, and um, yeah, Elizabeth Moss gave a great performance. So yeah, that's a great, yeah. great pick. Great, very solid mention. movie. It left Sean, an opening are, at the end oh. for things to happen. For me, I guess my first honorable mention would have to be the uh, I'm trying to think uh, Sarah Paulson film uh, Run, which came out on Hulu. Uh, I don't know four or five months ago or something so many tension-filled moments and i think i actually watched this on a plane um and it just it genuinely had me on the edge of my seat uh the entire time in an unexpected way sarah paulson is just awesome in like everything she's in she's so talented and especially when she's playing like a crazy person and in this case she's a crazy over obsessive mom and stuff it was a pretty wild movie, and I know, Spencer, I'm, I'm pretty sure you checked this one out as well. Yeah, the big stand-up for me was uh, the young actress that played the daughter who was, uh, I believe, a paraplegic in real life, or she was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, oh, seriously? And, uh, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, and I didn't she did a, I think that. she did a great job in the role as well, oh, um, act, acting. And, yeah, the movie has so much tension. Um, yeah, that's definitely it was an unexpected surprise. I mean, it was the same director as the um, the movie Searching that came out a few years ago that was all yes. taking place on a computer screen. And, I mean, if he did a great movie with that concept, I mean, I definitely did a great job doing a live-action film as well. Uh, yeah, Searching was also amazing. So, uh, yeah, run. Definitely, definitely recommend it's on Hulu. If you haven't seen you're looking for a thriller, uh, very solid movie to check out. Uh, so there's my honorable mention. What about you, Spencer? One of my honorable mentions is actually a film that all three of us watched for a podcast episode. But every now and then, I'll I'll still think about this movie because the concept and the plot was so insanely relevant and weird. But it's the platform. You guys remember watching that movie? It came out on mm-hmm. Netflix in April. Um, but yeah, it has to do with like class systems. Like you're you're literally like on the highest floor of a prison, or you could be on the bottom floor. You get switched every month, and you don't know what floor you're gonna get. But all of a sudden, this like food table just goes down and down. And the high the higher you are, the better the food's gonna be. And then the time it gets to the bottom, it's all just like scraps. And then it's a savage movie. It's brutal. It's it's so fucked up. But it's a movie that I still have thought about since we've watched it, and it's been all year. Um, so that's why I wanted to throw it in as one of my honorable mentions because I'm still thinking about it. That movie touches on some really crazy social constructs of like, what are you going to do for the man below you? People react in the most savage ways and it goes places you don't expect. I remember you even tried to build the platform in Minecraft at one point. I did. Um, so I'm like, still you, trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were pretty heavy into this movie. So uh, yeah, that movie was fucking crazy uh definitely an unexpected film uh that yeah i'm glad you mentioned it it's it's pretty awesome i completely forgot that that movie existed but that was actually a really really good one and then we're back to nate what's your other Mm. honorable mention this one i believe we all watched for a podcast as well and i liked it because of how not, not necessarily relatable to an exact point, but something that I feel like we could all deal with at some point. It was uh, The King of Staten Island. It mm, was okay. really cool seeing Pete Davidson in a more serious type role and his relationship with his mom and like the stepfather that comes in. A lot of people deal with that kind of thing. And so you kind of see the troubles that he goes through, but he just does a career performance so far even though his career isn't that long but definitely one that made me really excited to see him in other stuff because i just had a really good time watching that one i I borderline love that movie like i it's it's in my top 10 it didn't quite make it to my top five i'm glad you mentioned it but pete davidson and bill burr in that movie uh, i think it's Mm -hmm. mercy tomei is she the mom yeah, yeah. she's the mom too dude such an amazing cast they play off each other so well so entertaining and uh so many 
hilarious moments with Pete Davidson, like tattooing children on the beach and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. So for my second honorable mention, it would have to be a film that's super under the radar. Only a movie I watched because it was filmed in Maine, um, in uh, a small fishing village uh, that I I know pretty darn well. It's called Blow the Man Down. Um, which is basically about this murder mystery between two sisters uh, where a guy gets killed and they find themselves ha- find themselves having to cover it up. Uh, they sing some sh- sea shanties. It's a kind of a dark, uh, miserable looking film, um, but shot very, very well um, and just a, a very, very good story as well. So um, that's that's a huge recommend for me. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe. All right, and my last honorable mention is a film that I think John and I have a episode on Mainstream Boys of, but it was the Apple original film Wolf Walkers. Just got nominated for Best Animated Film. Uh, I just was completely blown away and surprised by this movie. Just the incredible hand-drawn animation style. It's just I didn't realize how much I missed those types of films until I saw a movie like this because we were so used to the CG animated films and they look amazing. I mean, they're almost photorealistic now with what they're able to do with technology. But there's something just so special about hand-drawn animation. And plus with the story of like this Irish girl uh, kind of becoming a wolf at night, it just was so fascinating and I love the story. So I'm very happy it got a Best Animated Feature nomination. Uh, in any other year where Pixar wasn't going up against it, it would probably win. But um, I don't think it will this year now this will bring us to our our top five films of 2020 we don't know each other's top five so it'll be a surprise for us so nate why don't you kick it off what is your fifth film of the year well it 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 just kind of clicked to me that this one just happens to be sitting in the perfect spot because my number five pick is the five bloods Oh shit! Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, Spike Lee's joint, his 2020 joint about these five friends going back to uh, Vietnam, right? Uh, yes, yeah, Vietnam. Where they they're going to find the remains of their fallen friend and hopefully find some treasure that was supposedly there. Just seeing the camaraderie between these friends, they felt like lifelong friends that they had just been together this whole time. But seeing what they go through on this journey and one of the dads having his son tag along too, and adding that kind of dynamic to it was just one movie that it was longer. I think it was like two and a half hours or something like that. But it flew by because of yeah. how interesting the characters were. And it had one of the most tense moments with the son and the, the explosive. The that whole oh moment. God. I know what could happen, but what is Spike Lee going to choose? And so it, it was nice seeing another great one from him because he'd had Black Klansman a few years ago and some other great films. So he's still on the top of his game and making movies more relevant now than ever. To Five Bloods is my number five. I like it. Uh, I'm definitely taking a different route with my number five, uh, but it is a film that came out on Hulu. We actually did an episode on this that actually ended up getting shelved. Um, but it is Palm Springs, which I thought was like such a fun, smart movie. Uh, that's kind of an, a, uh, a rendition of Groundhog Day, but in such a different, fun way that just totally unexpected. It's got the love story element. It's got the sort of sci-fi elements. And uh, it's also really, really funny. And J.K. Simmons has like the most hilarious cameo in there as well. It was just such an awesome movie that I really need to revisit. When people ask me like, 
what's like a newer movie to recommend it's usually this one because it's just like i know nobody's heard of it but it's just like i feel like anybody could enjoy this movie so palm springs and also kristen melody like she's on my radar she could win an oscar someday i think she's absolutely fantastic it's just great yeah highly recommend palm springs check it out uh, what about you, Spence? What's your number five? My number five is uh, kind of an Oscar darling. I think it just got some uh, six Oscar nominations, but it's a film that I've seen twice, and I loved it almost even more the second time around. It is Minari. Um, this is just a phenomenal film. It has an amazing score, a great performance from Steve Yoon, who's got nominated, which is I think is awesome. Uh, also got a directing nomination. It's just, you know, the classic story of like an immigrant family, Korean family coming to America and having a dream of starting a business and just making a life in America while also having ties back home well, with their culture. And it's just a beautiful film with amazing performances. And um, yeah, I, I just love it. All right, number four, Nate, what you got? Four, four, four. It was a movie that I actually just watched recently, um, and that was Nomadland. Oh. This movie, as far as like cinematic beauty, magnificent. And just Frances McDormand, just as strong an actress as she is, and she's got two Oscars to show for it. I, I don't think she'd get... Did she get nominated this year? She did, right? Yes. Yes. Then I don't think she'll get another one just because this one was, I think, more about the journey and the story that this woman goes through. But holy cow, it made me want to just hit the road. Being a Amazon worker never looks so luxurious. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a movie that unexpectedly I work. Up liking quite. But a bit. it also, yeah, it showed yeah. just a woman kind of in the later ages in life, and just kind of seeing her accepting the way things are, and just slow, just making do. And it uh, didn't really have a like anything bad going on. It was just kind of a slice of life that um, people actually do. And it was really cool seeing it from this point of view. And like I said, the cinematography was top notch. For me, I think, Spencer, you might have this in your top five as well. But it is Disney Pixar's soul. Uh, It is a phenomenal animated film. It probably would have benefited to see this in theaters. But, like, you know, it is what it is. We got to deal with what we have to uh, in 2020. But I'm so glad that this movie did end up coming out because... The messages that this movie sends really genuinely make you think for an animated movie. I think it it really does raise more questions for anybody, for someone as a person than any of the Pixar films that have come out so far. It's just, it's really, really spectacular, the things that it explores. And obviously the animation is is top notch as well. So Pixar, knocking out of the park again. Uh, I haven't seen Onward, but this one, it definitely tops it. Uh, I would, I would think, because uh, Spencer, you have seen that one, but yeah, Soul was, it was good. It wasn't my favorite Pixar movie, but I did enjoy the jazz music and the the kind of look at life and finding your place yep. and just finding who you truly are. So it did have a really sweet message. Yeah, my number four uh, is a film that was probably my favorite watch of the year. It's just a ridiculous movie, and I am loving this uh, director, this writer, director, and actor. It's The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, It just completely caught me by surprise. I had liked his other film a lot called Thunder Road, and this was his follow-up, kind of with a little bit more of a budget, and also um, Robert Foster's last performance before he passed away, rest in peace. But uh, I just... 
I'm loving Jim Cummings' style of humor. It's so dry, and it's definitely not for everybody, but for some reason, like, it's just music to my ears. Like, I laugh so hard watching him go on these, like, mental breakdowns and, like, slapping people in the face for no reason. Like, it's yeah. just ridiculous and over the top, and I just can't wait to see what else he does. I know he has a film coming out soon called The Beta Test, but, I mean, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, I was surprised by it. I borderline loved it so it's my number four moving on to uh number three for me who i think should win uh best actress this year oh. vanessa kirby in pieces of a woman that's my number three as well yep. the most perfect the most tense opening scene of the year where it's just that continuous shot of going through her pregnancy and holy cow you you would think that she was pregnant for eight and a half months and they're like <laughs> okay and record and she's immediately going into labor but seeing the energy just kind of drain out of this woman and having Shia LaBeouf in it as well who's getting better and better I love that he's coming back and doing these movies and having real prominent roles because that's where he shines but this one, it just, it was real. It had, like, marriage story vibes in the way and how serious and tense some of the home life stuff was with mm. Ellen Burstyn's mom character chiming in and stuff. But amazing performance from Vanessa Kirby, and I really think she should win. But, of course, there's other actresses' performances I haven't seen. But, yeah, that's Pieces of a Woman is my number three of 2020. And I will echo all your points. It is my number three as well. I absolutely was floored by her performance especially in the first i think what is it 35 minutes or something like something that like that it's i mean it was and a lot of it was one take too which was just i mean it it gets you in a place that you just don't want to be it's just such a genuinely uncomfortable film but it's it it is very very good i think that the film even though it's my number three i think it did get clunky after that but like there were still so many scenes that explored how she would have reacted in the situation that were done so well and her performance is just phenomenal. Um, I don't think it's the greatest movie ever in terms of structure. A performance alone, I really, really hope she wins because she was fantastic in this film. So, yeah. Spencer, yeah. number three. Old Ducky. My number three is a film that uh, you guys have not seen, but <gasps> I highly recommend checking it out. It actually got... A surprise amount of nominations at this past Oscars, so I was thrilled to see that, but it is another round. It is uh, directed by Thomas Vinterberg and also reunites uh, him with Mads Mikkelsen. They previously have done a film in 2012 called The Hunt, which I still have yet to see, but I really want to see. But this movie is about four high school teachers. They launch a drinking experiment, basically upholding a constant low level of intoxication while they try to continue their jobs and see if they have you know, improved success and uh, if like if reputation gets better, if the kids like them better, if they just, you know, relax a bit more. And it's very interesting. It's an interesting look at alcohol. It's an amazing performance from Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, there's an end dance sequence that rivals La La Land to me. Um, what? It's kind Seriously? of a joke. No, it's, it, it just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, what? It's just That's this the epic like, dance sequence uh, and when he's like just celebrating with some uh, college graduates. But yeah, no, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed another round. Uh, I've thought about this since I've seen it. The title Highly makes recommend. sense now. It's I, on Hulu. I, the title of another round, that, yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, 
yeah, I want to check that out as well. It looks really good, and I have seen The Hunt. It's incredible, and Mads Mikkelsen is extremely talented, so I wouldn't mind seeing him in something else. Now that Minari didn't get a uh, Best International Feature nomination, another round did, and I think that's going to be the front runner to win um, International Film this year. So I, nice. I'm really hoping it does. Cause is I it Dutch? It. Another round is I think Mads Mikkelsen is a Dutch uh, yes, actor. it's Dutch. Okay, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I know nothing about it, but now... I'll go into it. I do really want to see The Hunt, though, because it is on Same. IMDb's top 250, so it's like, it's got to have some sort of acclaim. And I love Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. He's one of my it's favorite really actors good. working. He's fantastic. Yeah. My number two, my runner-up to 2020. I saw it twice, and it got better the second time around. I'm putting Tenet, number two. Oh, what? Seriously, okay. dude. Uh, I have yet to see Tenet. Mo- Wow. But then again, there are a lot of movies that came out in 2020 that were put as 2019, so I'm probably missing a lot. But Tenet, when I, it was so good because from the first time watching it to the second time watching it had such a big jump in my thoughts. Um, because the first time I went into it and I was just like, just watch it up like at face value, just kind of take it in the first time. And thankfully, thanks to Spencer, gave me a digital copy. So I own the digital copy. So I was able to see it in the best quality. It was just so mind bending. And John David Washington, like he showed us in Black Klansman that he can lead a movie and now he can lead an action movie. And having Robert Pattinson in there and Elizabeth Debicki, it was just fun. It was a lot of fun, and it was really crazy, and the twists and turns, especially towards the end, just keep getting better the more I think about it. And once you see little things happen in the movie, it all makes sense, and which it did not the first time, so it's definitely one that needs a second watch. But yeah. it's the only one I saw twice last year, so yeah, that's my number two. It's a movie that I really need to watch again because it's one of the only films that I watched in 2020 where I didn't give it a grade. I just left it blank because I was like, I didn't, I don't know what my thoughts are because it was just so... I did that with the movie. Okay, yeah, it was just so overwhelming and like the more I tried to figure it out, the more confused I got, meaning the more frustrated I got, but I know if I watch it again, I think I... I have enough figured out about it where I think if I watch it again, I will really appreciate kind of have like the same thing that you'd went through and like, okay, now I can just watch it and just enjoy it. Cause when I was first watching it, yeah, I was trying to figure it out and that's just not what you're supposed to do because it just is so confusing, but yeah, it has some of the best visual spectacles uh, or set pieces I've seen this year. Uh, there's just, some amazing action set pieces. I need to watch but it. Now. I don't know why I haven't yet. I kind of just, I want to watch it in the best quality possible. And I just, I, I want to give it You also that. have to watch it with no distractions or you will be lost. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. So I, I had like to rewind so many times. Inception. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It also, it also had a great score. Like the opening yes. sequence, like yep. most of Nolan's movies have a pretty big opening setting. It's a great score. And he he delivers here because this one, there was a moment where uh, three soldiers are running down a hallway and just the electronic orchestral music that's playing along with it. It's like, it it reminded me of The Dark Knight a little bit as far as scope. It has the Nolan touch and it just, it worked. And that's why it's my number two. But uh, what about you, Johnny boy? What was uh, your runner up? So when it comes to my top two movies, they're both in the same general genre. Um, It's they're both coming to age films. Uh, And this one we did talk about on mainstream boys. It is unpregnant 
uh, the HBO Max film with Haley the Richardson, uh, Barbie Ferreria. It's just a really, really well done story about kind of two high school friends that used to be friends when they were younger, grew apart. And then one of them needs to get an abortion because they don't do it in the state they live in because it's in like Indiana or whatever. And it's illegal or something for younger people. Um, and it's just such a great coming to age comedy. These two play off each other so well. Um, they get into quite some hilarious shenanigans along the way. I, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Just an under the radar film I didn't expect. Yeah, it was just ended up being really good. So uh, that is Unpregnant. Spencer, that you did was, see that one. Yeah, that was one of those movies where you were like, yeah, okay, mainstream boy, we're going to watch Unpregnant. I'm like... <sighs> No, no, that was and the then, one that you recommended. I promise. No, because, so- oh no, it was because it was it was the first HBO Max original movie. Oh, okay, and then you're, that's why you're like, yeah, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about it. I'm like, yep, okay, fine. The but titles like, tear. I hate the title. I will say, I hate the title. Like, this literally is gonna be like kissing booth or something. But no, going. It ended <laughs> oh, up being like God. almost on quality with the Edge of Seventeen. Like I thought yeah, yeah. it was fantastic Definitely. as well. I mean, it was funny. It was charming. It was heartfelt. So, I mean, I would echo your points. It's actually it's my number twenty nine. So it's not as but high out of eighty one. So it's in the but top out of eighty one. I mean, 25%. I give it a three and a half out of five. I was thoroughly uh, impressed by it. And um, yeah, Haley Lou Richardson is a great actress as well. Yeah, and as well as Barbara Fiorio. They're they're both awesome in the movie. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm pregnant, man. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of that movie. Bad title, great movie. HBO Max original. Yeah, I was gonna say the minute title. you said the title, I was like, Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Again, it yeah, it's, like it's, it's that's the thing. Like, I know. Really? I wish the name was especially with under the under the uh, the HBO Max. It's like really okay. They could have easily, yeah, bad marketing, but um, HBO yeah, good Max presents Unpregnant. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like <laughs> okay, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And back to Hulu. <laughs> What about, so, uh, what about you, Ducky? Yeah, my number two is a film that's already been mentioned, but I can definitely sing its praises. It's Disney Pixar's Soul. This huh. was one of those movies where when it ended, I just sat there and didn't move for like 10 minutes and just thought about my life. <laughs> it just was like, I didn't expect to have such a physiological experience while watching a Pixar movie, but for some reason I did. Like I remember even going into the movie like in a bad mood, and I was just... I don't know. I just was like transported to like a different realm when it ended. I was like, this movie just impacted me in a way I did not expect. And um, I just loved it. I love the animation. I love the jazz music. I love the messages. Uh, there's some quotes in this movie that like I could like frame on a wall and yeah. <laughs> stare at it every day and be like, all right, motivation. But yeah, I mean, Pete Doctor, he is a legend of a director for Pixar. He did Up and Wally and now Soul. And um, he's a great director and great storyteller. So, yeah, I loved it. This is time. Our number one film of 2020. Nate, what you got? Yeah. What is the best film dun, in your opinion? Dun, dun, I'm going to throw a curveball in there because you guys probably wouldn't think that Nathan would like this movie. Wonder Woman but... 1984. No, I did not watch that movie, <laughs> oh. actually. Um, the film that was number one for me, it just had some of the best written dialogue that I had ha- I had heard in a movie all year. Um, and that was from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, wow. I haven't seen it. Um, I, I, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of the whole Vio- Viola Davis as Ma Rainey thing. She was just very stubborn and she did her thing. I enjoyed Chadwick Boseman rehearsing with the guys getting ready for this recording session because he just 
he went on these rants and told these stories. And there was a moment where just like, I, I lost my breath because of something he does. And I was like, Oh my God, he, he went there and he said things that I didn't think you could say in movies. And he did. And I was like, Holy cow, this movie's just going for it. It was just, I, I did, I went into it knowing nothing. And ended up loving it because I was like, this is what I needed today. I just needed these characters to just suck me in. And they were all great. All of the guys in the group and even uh, Viola Davis, even though I didn't care for her character, I thought she did it so well to the point where I didn't like her character, which is just kudos to her performance. Uh, yeah, I've yet to see that, but I, I obviously like, I want to I see Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman's performance and just everything to do with that film because I know it got some Oscar love. So that that's on the list. Hopefully before uh, the Oscars actually happen, I'll, I'll check that one out. Um, but yeah, <laughs> my film is definitely different. It's a film that I don't think it might not even be in my top 10 um, come the end of a normal uh, calendar year in terms of films. But it just it hit me in all the right places. It has uh, Captain Langford, Charlie Plummer in it. Um, I really adore both of these actors. Um, Charlie Plummer's in a show called Looking for Alaska that I actually really liked. Yeah, it's it's not a film that most people would probably have at their top film of the year. But yeah, it's about two, two people falling in love. And then for some reason, people spontaneously explode out of nowhere. Uh, it's spontaneous. And it really just explores the concept of like, how would you live your life if you knew that you could die at any moment? And it puts that thought in your head, like, wow, okay, I need to live life a little bit differently and appreciate the little things. And um, the love story in it is also really, really great. Um, the chemistry between the characters is awesome. Um, it just ended up being a really delightful film that also explores some really dark uh, I wouldn't say delightful, moments. because I was feeling pretty sad at the end of the movie. Um, well, and that's, but that's the difference. Is like, <laughs> yeah, the there's some fun moments. But the tone is definitely light. Uh, it tries to stay kind of light for the most part. But it was one. Of, it was another one of those mainstream boy releases that I just had no expectations for, kind of dreading going into it, but was so genuinely surprised by it. And no one's really talking about this either. The movie's incredibly graphic and violent. Yeah. And the movie still like doesn't really you know get talked about in that way. But um, it was a little disturbing at times, watching people just explode for no reason but i i, I thought it was really I mean, cool there's literally a scene where captain langford takes a mandible to the face so it's like it's pretty crazy and graphic um it just the whole idea of how like the whole school gets shut down they're all quarantined and stuff as everybody's trying to eerie. figure out what the fuck is going on and it was just a fun but pretty fucked up film at the same time so uh yeah i it caught me completely by surprise any other year, again, I did not think this was going to be my number one, but nothing beat it. So here it is. <laughs> Spontaneous. Yeah, my number one film is a film that I think you guys have not seen as well, but I hope you still check it out at some point because it's very much worth it. It is Sound of Metal. Uh, Riz Ahmed, he came on the scene with Nightcrawler, and uh, he had a supporting role in that, and he was kind of a standout. Everyone was like, damn, he's a great actor. And they put him in Star Wars. They put him in some other stuff. Born, he did some franchise movies. But now he's back showing what he's capable of and this movie is phenomenal uh, he plays a heavy metal drummer that all of a sudden is starting to lose uh, his hearing uh, so he just has to quickly adapt to a new life and figure out what to do with it um, he's also 
his relationship with his um band member the lead singer as well like that has an impact as well and he has to go learn american sign language and it also Mm -hmm. has a performance by uh, a deaf actor his name is paul racy and i was like he's gonna get nominated he has to get nominated he gives a phenomenal performance on no any nominations going into the oscars and then all of a sudden oscar day best supporting actor paul racy and i was so fucking excited because he is phenomenal in the supporting role riz amen get an oscar nomination as well but we don't typically get advanced uh, screenings for movies, but I was able to get a link for this movie a little bit early. And the second it ended, and I was like, this movie is probably going to be my favorite of the year. And it stayed my favorite of the year. It's very powerful. Uh, also features some of my favorite use of sound editing and mixing. Because, uh, I mean, the guy's losing a sense of hearing. So it puts you in his shoes, literally, through the sound wow. at times. And it's very, very powerful. Um so yeah, it's another one of those movies where it's like you take for granted the sounds you hear every day, and it makes you kind of recognize that a little bit. So, um, Sound of Metal, Amazon Prime I've, original, I loved it. There's a person I can't remember her name right now, but she's uh, a singer that was on America's Got Talent. Who um, I think she was 18 and lost her hearing, and still like she had to learn to sing again and learn to kind of figure out how to sing through the vibrations of the floor. Like apparently that's how she does it. And she has the most incredible voice and can't hear a thing. And it's just like, it's such an incredible achievement, I think for a person and for them to not be able to hear what they're singing and still be able to be so incredibly talented. It's like, it's just amazing. So that, that is a movie I highly, I definitely want to check out. It's definitely more about like doing something that you love and, doing that every day and then all of a sudden not being able to do that anymore because it's crazy and then having to figure out well what's your purpose in life now like if you're a photographer then all of a sudden you lose your eyes right what's next and it's like oh shit so it's crazy oh god i can't lose my hands we do have one stinker one film oh shit i forgot (laughs) so bad and we just had to talk about it and mention it before we cap off 2020 2020 was a shit year so we might as well name our shit movie um and on a bad note why not I'm going to go to John first. Okay. What is what is your worst film of 2020? I I didn't pick my worst film. I'll say do you want me to, I'm going to I was a film I want to talk about that was a stinker that really disappointed me. Is that okay? Or do you want me to say my worst film of the year? Whatever your pick is, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. My biggest stinker of the year, the film I was really the most disappointed by, I was so let down. Um again, because David Ayer kind of knows how to let you down every once in a while. Release the Ayer cut. It's The Tax Collector with Shia LaBeouf. This film looked like it was going to be so fun. And then it just was so boring and stupid. And it just didn't capitalize on any of the cool shit that it really kind of advertised. I don't really remember anything about it other than being very disappointed. We did talk about it on Mainstream Boys. So if you want to actually hear my initial thoughts on the film, I would go listen to that episode. But yeah, it's a film that I was just like, really? Okay, why am I so bored by this like supposed balls to the wall action drug film it's like come on are you kidding me so uh (laughs) yeah it's the tax collector it was bad not a good movie (laughs) yeah okay all right my least favorite movie by far was i'm thinking of ending things people (laughs) loved like a lot of people loved this charlie kaufman i um i've never seen like synodote in new york or whatever his other movie is that one with philip seymour hoffman but holy crap did this movie just 
bore me to death. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about anyone in this movie. Like, I even hated the girl at the beginning who was narrating. I'm like, you're just <laughs> ignorant. And Jesse Plemons was just the weirdest guy. And I'm like, oh, Tony Collette and uh, the guy who plays uh, Professor Lupin as the parents. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this movie's gonna be redeemed somehow. Nope. <laughs> I was like, they're just wacky, and it went. Th and I looked into it, and I thought usually when I read more about movies and the explanation, the reasonings behind them, I can appreciate it more. This one, it's too much. It's it's almost like he wrote the first page and then handed you the rest of it and was like, here you go. Explain the movie in the best way you can. And I just can't. I was just bored. Most of the movie was spent in a car like the while first they were talking. Really? Like, I haven't seen this talking. movie. I have no idea what the hell this is about. I was, I was, yeah. I was very disappointed <laughs> by it as well because I was actually looking forward to it. I like Charlie Kaufman, but I was, yeah, I was very disappointed by it. They like didn't talk to each other and all it was was her thoughts in her head about what's going on and what she's expecting and i'm just like why don't you guys just talk about it <laughs> like and everything at the house the only thing that creeped me out was the scratches on the door and the dog's head that just kept shaking yeah i was like mm. what is going on in this movie yeah, well, and was by so the end weird. of it i was just yeah. like it just and i know what happens at the end which but it didn't help. <laughs> like, it didn't reassure me whatsoever. It made me... I was thinking of ending things by the end of it. <laughs> my, That's a my great way to end your thought. review on Letterboxd uh, <laughs> that I saw, it's, I mean, it makes sense that it's, like, so high. Um, there's so many likes on it. But it was uh, from a reviewer named Morgan, half a star. I'm thinking of ending my Netflix subscription. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Not only because it's 17.99 now, but because of the fucking shit movie. It used to I be get it. like what? Yeah. It used to be 7.99 for Netflix. Yeah, it was it so affordable. 7.99, but now it's yeah, literally fucking ten dollars. I remember getting them in the mail, and and that that, that was, was fun. Awesome. Yeah, love that. That's how I first saw like knocked up. That's how I saw a lot of R-rated movies that I shouldn't have been renting was mm -hmm. through Netflix. That's how I saw like all the Friday the Thirteenth that way, like the ones that I Fuck couldn't it. get. I was like, yeah, I'll just get you know, like you can three through seven. That feature that Netflix still offers that. You I think if do they don't have discs. it streaming, you can order it. Yeah, no, uh, you can do Blu-ray no, discs. Uh, I'm afraid that they're just gonna send me a disc that's got like spit all over it or semen or something. It's just like a Someone video of like... yourself sleeping. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how did they get this? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna keep buying stuff. It's like Netflix, the movie though. Creep, where there's just someone outside my window right now, just recording me. <laughs> it's Jeff Bezos um, naked. Um, my stinker of the year. Yeah, it's it's not Kissing Booth two, if that's what you're alluding to. No, no, um, I think it was oh, okay. unless you forgot well, to move this up on your list. I was like, okay, that's kind of harsh. No, the biggest stinker of the year is by far Mulan. Why? It. Uh, this movie was laughably horrible. I mean, from the animated film that is so amazing from the 90s. And, you know, fuck that, right? Let's go with something else. <laughs> and just let's make it like the most cliche, stupid movie possible. Let's have ninjas run up a fucking castle wall with like just completely obvious wire work. Uh, the lead actress was the most wooden performance I've seen from the year. It was just there was nothing to this movie. Like other than some cool cinematography and uh, visual set pieces. But that's it. 
This were these your was thoughts in our review? Because I don't think you were this harsh back then. Have you changed listen, your mind a little bit? Go listen to it. I gave it a one and a half. Uh, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I gave it a one and a half because this movie... I'd actually go one out of five now because the more I think about it, just the more... of a, Just a waste of money it was to produce this. Like, we didn't need it at all. The animated film is fucking amazing. Why do we need these? We don't. It's something Trash. with Disney, dude. Where they have, they've made this promise years ago. They're like, we're going to remake our films every 10 years for the new generation. It's like, why? Why do that? Who cares? I mean, you don't have don't to, to do that. It's fine. Just relax. Don't fix what isn't broken. Yeah, it, it was one of those movies, though, where it could have actually been cool as a live-action film. Like, it probably could have been decent, but the movie was horrible. They got rid of some of the best stuff about the animated film, and it was just... Mushu. Bad. Rip Mushu. Um, yeah, if gone. this film was a rated R, I remember saying this in the review, but like a rated R fucking samurai film, 100%. Like Kill Bill vibes, down. The Last Samurai That would be insane. Vibes? Yeah. Yeah, Last Samurai <laughs> where she just goes and just slaughters Huns, just like bloody Game of Thrones. Like, I am all in. I don't care if she's a fucking wooden sculpture of a human being. Like, it would have been badass, but I get where you're coming from. I get it. There's a, in the animated <laughs> film, there's an amazing scene where, like, she decides to take her father's place in the war, and, like, it's her decision to, you know, save her dad and go and fight in his place. And in this movie, it's literally just a shot of her looking at him in bed and then just a jump cut, and then she's just, like, riding a horse with armor. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, they're going to be that lazy with the film. So, yeah, just tar- terrible. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, haven't, I can't really compare. I haven't yeah. seen... Oh. That's all the films of 2020. We can put 2020, the year behind us, as we move on to 2021, as we already are four months in. And I know this isn't technically mainstream, boy, but I will say, check out the next episode next week, where I will make my return to the movie theater. Mask and all, popcorn, snow caps, whatever the fuck I need to sit down and watch Godzilla fight King Kong. I am very much looking forward to it, and uh, we will compare and contrast our viewing experiences with you watching it on HBO Max, Spencer. Because I'm going to put it, you know, I'm going to watch it on the projector, though. I am going to okay. make it a, as big as I possibly can. I got a sound bar, going to plug right into it, so I will do my best to make it a home theater experience. But there is, uh, yeah, are you going to make some popcorn? Is closed permanently where I'm at, but uh, oh, I wasn't God. thinking of making popcorn, but I, I might, you know, make some pop- yeah. make it make us any sort of snack. Just have something. To pick at, you know, we'll just see. something awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I uh, hope you, uh, if you don't like our list, too bad, but it's a very, uh, you know, um, objective thing. Yeah, leave a comment down below. What are your favorite films of 2020? I'm glad to put it behind us, but uh, yeah, see you next time. Bye. I'm your Huckleberry.